You're listening to The Pipeline Show with... If one of y'all says some silly-ass name, this whole class is going to feel my wrath. Gee Flaming. Son of a bitch! Back on The Pipeline Show, final segment for this week's episode. We're going to head up to Dawson Creek, B.C. We got the World Junior Championship a couple of weeks away, but the other uh, U-20 uh, World uh, Junior Championship that's going on right now is the World Junior A Challenge, and that's happening in Dawson Creek, B.C. J.D. Burke from uh, EP Ringside and uh, Elite Prospects is up there right now and uh, has uh, somehow been able to shake off the flu or the cold to uh, join me today. Uh, J.D., welcome to the Pipeline Show. I, I was going to say, how are you? But I know you're not doing that well. Thanks for taking the time. How about that? <laughs> I've been better, I can tell you that much. But, uh, no, the hockey's been great. I uh, got up here last Friday, so I had a chance to get settled in before the tournament and had a chance to take in every game thus far, except for the one played in Fort St. John. And uh, it's really been an interesting tournament. I mean, some, some of the players that I came up here to see really have, have stood out in a big way, and I think – you never want to overreact to the sample size of a small international tournament, and sure. uh, particularly in a handful of games, some of which might qualify as exhibition matches practically. But uh, there have been some real, real movers here, and, and really happy to join the program and, and let you know what I'm seeing. As you and I are speaking, it's Thursday, so there's uh, one more day of round robin. This uh, episode of the show will come out on Friday, and there are a couple of di- uh, games to go on Friday. Only one today, but it's a big one as Canada West will be playing against the Czech Republic. They are the fourth and fifth place teams in the standings right now. So basically the winner of the game tonight, uh, unless it goes to overtime and, and Canada West wins. And then it kind of gets confusing. What's the tiebreaker in that situation? If if Canada West wins in overtime, they'd get two points. So they'd have four and, and the Czech Republic would have one for the overtime loss. They'd have four. Does it just go to the head-to-head? Yeah, I... I... Don't really know the rules there, whether it be a tiebreaker or not. I was actually talking with one of the tournament directors about that yesterday, and uh, didn't get the answer necessarily that I was hoping for. Hmm. Uh, but I guess we'll find out in due time. I mean, it's been a pretty wacky tournament. Uh, yesterday, for example, I saw a game uh, finish twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the shootout match that was treated like an NHL shootout when it was international. And uh, they actually called it after Massimo Rizzo scored to give Canada a 2 two nothing lead in that shootout. And sorry, Canada West to be specific. And uh, unbeknownst to everybody in the crowd heading for the doors, there was another two shooters. Uh, so they actually dragged each team out of the locker room and uh, back onto the ice, put the nets back out there and uh, finished the shootout. Of course, Massimo Rizzo's uh, shootout goal ended up counting as the winner anyway, but that was a pretty interesting occurrence there. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a smaller town. It's, it's not exactly a, a big tournament in terms of, uh, the audience draw. So it, it doesn't get the, the press, I think, that the world juniors would. And, and that, and that means that we're not getting these rules, you know, jammed into our face every 30 seconds, but. Right. Uh, whatever the case, it's going to be an important game tonight for sure. Yeah, that one last night was weird. I was following along as you were tweeting it and texted, or tweeted out the picture of just a handful of people that were still in the building to watch the end of that game because everybody had left. Uh, what was it, like 10 minutes after, like a, a, a gap of 10 minutes, and they had to bring everybody out for, what, a couple more shots each? Yeah, I think it was about 10 minutes when they let people know, like, the, the few that hadn't made it to their cars yet, they rallied them and brought them back through the door. Uh, to to watch the game, and you know what? Uh, <laughs> they ended up waiting another 10, 15 minutes before the 
the shootout actually started again in earnest. And of course, uh, you know, at that point, it's actually kind of funny. I was a little bit perplexed by some of the Russian shootout selections, but interestingly enough, we eventually got to see some of the players I expected out there and, um, it still wasn't enough to make up for the, the gap that Canada built in the original three shooter portion of the shootout. So pretty interesting situation there. Not something I've ever seen before and I doubt I'll ever see anything like it again. At J. Dylan Burke is uh, J.D. Burke on Twitter. You can follow him there. He's my guest as we're uh, chatting about the World Junior A Challenge up in Dawson Creek, and I guess there was the one game in Fort St. John. Uh, let's talk about some of those players that have stood out in this tournament. Right now, it's the United States who is uh, leading the way in first place in the standings. They've played three games. They have a, uh, two wins in regulation and one overtime win, so they got eight of a possible nine points. The U.S. always does really well at this tournament. It's uh, basically a USHL all-star team. Who has stood out uh, from the Americans in your mind? Oh, I, I think one player that's really kind of separated himself from the herd has to be Brendan Bersan. And, I mean, a, a little bit hard to find him almost on that Chicago Steel team. And we know that the adjustment coming from uh, high school prep hockey can be uh, pretty, pretty enormous for players going into the USHL, right? It's a league that's not really overwhelming in terms of the, the offensive talent. Uh, you know, if, if you're a really high flying offensive player, you're usually one and done in that league, two and done at most. Uh, but it's really high on structure and, and that can kind of make life difficult for players like Brandon Brisson. But I, we're starting to see a player who has a foundation of skills. Uh, be it his, his amazing puck skills, his, his amazing hands. Uh, he sees the ice exceptionally well. I love his offensive instincts and he's just kind of emerged as a really fantastic problem solver for the United States. Somebody who, uh, you know, always has a way to get himself out of a, out of a pickle and, and does a good job of drawing in opposing defensemen to create space for his teammates and always seems to have a knack for finding them. And we also got a chance to see that that thundering one-timer of his two the other night, and, and that was a hell of a goal. I mean, he sets up on the short side. He's low below the, the face-off dots. It's not the type of player, uh, it's not the type of play, sorry, that you'd usually see ending in a slap shot goal short side, but Brendan Brisson found a way to sneak it in there. I think that he's really, really kind of arrived at this tournament after a, a like a good, not great start to his USHL career. And I, I wonder if this is going to be a stepping stone for him going forward. He's somebody who's kind of been on the fringe of the first round on a lot of publications. I uh, have no way to tell where he is on the po- uh, in the NHL boardrooms, mind you. But uh, this could be a real lifting off point for him because, I mean, he's leading the tournament right now with eight points through three games, three goals, five assists. And the next closest player is teammate Gunnar Wolf Fontaine in the Chicago Steel two points behind him, right? So he's really emerged as the go-to player for this American team, and uh, it's, it's really seemed justified with the way that he's playing. I mean, just a really fantastic performance to this point in the tournament. And Fontaine, his teammate in Chicago, he, he's a 19-year-old, so there's a bit of a difference there, too, when you're looking at a draft-eligible kid that's leading the tournament in scoring. Pretty impressive uh, start here uh, for Brisson. The uh, second-place team are the Russians uh, right now. Uh, and again, they're uh, in action uh, tomorrow on Friday for the last uh, game of the uh, round robin, and that'll be against uh, Canada West, I believe. So that will be a, 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 a excuse me, that that'll be against the U.S. So that'll be a big game, uh, first place on the line there. Um, now for the Russians, uh, interestingly, because they're in second place, but uh, they don't have a regulation win uh, yet. 
uh, in the tournament. Uh, they, they have a one overtime victory and two overtime losses, so they got four points, good enough for second, but uh, they have not been able to, to get a victory yet. Along the way, who, who of the Russians have made uh, positive impressions on you? Yeah, I mean, if the Americans are the front runner in this tournament, then uh, the Russians aren't far behind. And, and I thought that going into the weekend, but now they've added Jan Kuznetsov to their team after his weekend of play with UConn. And uh, that's really kind of given them an additional di- dynamic on that back end, right? A big defenseman who can close gaps, who can play physical, takes away a ton of space. He's really kind of one game in already made a pretty big difference. But I think the one player on Russia in particular that's, uh, you know, done himself a world of help, particularly as it's going to relate to where he stands in draft rankings. As I think the Silly Ponomaryov, uh, it's, it's just, you, you look at the list of players in this tournament that have played better than him. And I, I think it's Brendan Brisson full stop. Uh, I, I don't think Ponomaryov has had a bad shift yet. Hmm. He, he's played a phenomenal two way game, contributes at both ends of the ice. You know, his skating is a little bit wonky, but it's not bad enough that it can't be corrected. And his conditioning and enthusiasm are so good that it almost makes up for it. A little bit like uh, the silly Bud Colson last year. You know, you wouldn't teach somebody how to skate using tape of them, but they get to make up with it for, for just how well conditioned they are and how uh, how much energy and strength they have in their game. I mean, he he's just somebody who's taking the puck to the net on every shift, He's somebody who seemingly has eyes in the back of his head. We were showing him some clips yesterday after one of the Russia games. Uh, we just collected a few highlights, myself and Mitch Brown, and we were showing him, you know, all these plays where he just seemingly finds somebody against the grain with a no-look pass, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I shoulder checked, and he can do it in a quarter of a second, right? He's just that that sharp. He's got that much alacrity. I uh, can find his teammates very well. He likes to funnel the puck in high danger areas in the offensive zone. And his two-way game is really refined, too. I think that he has really, really done a wonder of, of good for his draft stock. And, you know, a lot of the scouts that I'm talking to are saying the same thing, right? Just really impressed with his game. <clears throat> and it's easy to understand why. Uh, and, and we got a feature coming out on him on EP rank side. Uh, written by Mitch Brown, too, that I'd encourage everybody to check out because the amount of good tape that we've got on him is is overwhelming. He's really making something happen on every shift. Uh, not necessarily a draft-eligible player this year anyway, but Daniil Chaika, I mean, he, he's making some of the mistakes with the puck. I mean, his, his puck management isn't exceptional, but he's also, a, you know, somebody who's in his draft minus one season playing at the World Junior A Challenge, and he's still playing first pair minutes. He's playing at the top of both phases of special teams. His skating is phenomenal. He's a great uh, problem solver when he's trying to move the puck out of the defensive zone. He's really emerged as the best Russian op- uh, option on the blue line thus far in the tournament, and, I mean, for somebody at his age to do that, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, another player on the Russian team that that's really that seems to be fighting his legs and uh, you know, I think a lot of people take for granted, right? Like the Russian team at 32 hours of travel, just getting to Dawson Creek. Right. So it's, it's not that surprising to me that they don't have a, a regulation win. Uh, the line, the language throughout the lineup is like, Hey, we're going to find our legs. It's just going to take a little bit. And I think an example of that is Murat Kuznet Dinov. I hope I pronounced that semi properly. He, he's really just been a phenomenal two-way player for this team. He contributes low in the defensive zone. He takes excellent care of the puck. Skating seems pretty sound. I mean, 
he he's obviously not somebody who's going to factor into the upcoming draft until you know at the very earliest the second round, more likely the third or fourth. But he he really started to find his legs offensively last night against Canada West, and he's somebody who I'm going to be paying close attention to for the rest of the tournament because. Uh, you know, like Ponomari, he has a good knack for funneling the puck into high danger situations for his teammates. A really good hockey fence at, at both ends of the rink. Uh, but, but really, it's been his defensive play that stood out. I think he's been the best defensive forward in this tournament. And, you know, that's a really solid foundation to build upon. If you can establish that first, I think now he's just got to find a way to get production going and and he's really going to start capturing people's attention when that starts to happen. Three other teams in the tournament we'll get to. Uh, Canada East is uh, third in the standings, tied with Russia for second spot. And they do have uh, one regulation time uh, victory, and it was a thumping of Canada West, which uh, is usually the uh, the reverse happens. Canada West is usually the stronger of the, the two Canadian entries. But, uh, J.D., who with Canada East has, uh, has stood out for you? Well, I, I think that was one thing you have to consider with the, the Canada East and the Czech rosters, right? I mean, you look at them and you won't be, <clears throat> you won't be overwhelmed by the talent there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be looking at many players that you can project to the NHL, players that you can project to the NHL draft even, but they, they're, they're ex- experienced teams, certainly relative to, to Canada West, to Russia and to the United States. And that's kind of given them the ability to hang in there where their talent suggests that they maybe shouldn't. Uh, one player that's really stood, uh, stood out for Canada East has to be Archeon Martino. Uh, he's a draft minus one committed to Clarkson next year if memory serves. Uh, you know, he's right up there fighting for the points lead. He's got four points right now through three games, two goals, two assists. I mean, he, he got gifted one by Canada West, Michael Benning. We can talk about him in a little bit. But I think he's still played a consistently strong game. He pushes the pace, plays with tempo, can handle the pocket speed. Uh, you know, he's, he's really stood out in limited minutes and, um, certainly somebody interesting to follow, if not this year, because he's not draft eligible, maybe next year when he's playing at Clarkson in his first year of eligibility, because he, he's making a lot happen with not a lot of help. His hands are great. Solid skater. Not the biggest player. You'd like to see him add some muscle, but really, really easy to see him succeeding next season in the NCAA and making some noise for the upcoming draft. Marcel Barenka leading the Czech Republic in scoring. Correct me if I'm wrong. He plays for the Halifax Mooseheads, doesn't he? Uh, I can look that up for you. I have the technology as an elite <laughs> prospect employee. But, uh, yeah, no, if memory serves, yes, you are correct. And uh, this is his second year of draft eligibility. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because he's just lighting it up right now for the Czechs. And, I mean, he's a draft plus one who has six points in 27 games as a center, right? Not the, the sort of person that I'm using the highlighter on right. when I'm looking at my uh, my game logs, right? But, I mean, tip of the cap to the guy. He's producing anyway, right? And that's what matters. He's stepping up for this Czech team, and they were going to need their veterans to do just that. So uh, all the credit in the world to him. It's, it's a team that doesn't have a lot of talent, but they've got a lot of fight. And I think that Marcel Barinka really kind of exemplifies that. He's, he's hard on pucks. He stays on top of the puck. Uh, he's really diligent defensively, and uh, you know what? I think that this team is just out working its way to goals, and he's been a lucky recipient on the uh, scoring end of those plays. All right, well, let's jump to Canada West End. You mentioned the name Michael Benning. There's Carter Savoy on this club. There's there's lots of talent on this team, but they seem to be struggling 
what's gone wrong and, and maybe comment on some of those, uh, the, the bigger name draft eligible guys from Canada West? Well, I think one of the issues I think is, is structural and the, the, the Canada West team, I'm not a huge fan of the breakout structure, right? You're seeing a lot of plays where the defensemen have at least two, sometimes three lines between them and the, uh, the forwards, right? Tons of space and, and nobody's bit. I think what the Canadians are trying to do is they're trying to stretch out the ice and let their talent and, and speed take over in space, but other teams aren't biting. They're just stacking up the neutral zone and challenging the defensemen to, to carry the puck and uh, it just hasn't really worked thus far. They're having a really tough, a really tough time getting out of their own zone and uh, really easy to see why with the benefit of the full view when you're uh, in the arena. I mean, if you want to look at individual performances though, I mean, Carter Savoy, this is a big opportunity for him to, uh, to really kind of step up. And, and I mean, one term scouts love to use is see how a player plays and uh, when the talent compresses, and the talent's compressed, and Carter Savoy has completely wilted under the pressure. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't think I've I've noticed him for good reasons at any point in this tournament. He had the one goal, but it's the easiest goal he'll ever score in his career. Uh, gifted a puck at the side of the net with a yawning cage, right? You expect him to finish that play, but otherwise he's taken a lot of penalties, a lot of selfish penalties, I might add. Very low work rate, not contributing at either end of the ice. Uh, largely stationary for large periods of time, and uh, it's really hard to make sense of why that is. I mean, he's not somebody who I'd ever projected into the first round necessarily, but I mean, I would never critique him for his work rate. Uh, that's just not his game. He's playing with the Sherwood Park Crusaders. I mean, he's he's bringing it on a ship-to-ship basis, so a little bit uncharacteristic from Carter Savoy, although he did have the shootout goal last night, so I probably shouldn't be too hard on the kid, and like I said, you don't want to ever overreact to a small international tournament. Uh, Michael Benning has he, he's done some good stuff. He's done some bad stuff. I mean, there was the one night where uh, you don't want to hold this against the kid, right? But I think he speaks to the tournament Canada West is having. He just kind of uh, catches an edge on the ice and, and blows an edge, rather. And, uh, you know, two giveaways end up in the back of Canada West net twice. So uh, he's had a bit of a rough term, and I don't think it's been as bad as those two plays would suggest. You know, he can really, really move the puck, and I think that's the standout quality thus far in the tournament for me with Michael Benning. I mean, he can sail a two-three zone pass off of his back foot and make it look easy. Uh, the, the concerns I did have, though, were looking at his production with Sherwood Park and the AJ, AJHL. I mean, a lot of that is power play production. And I was looking to see how is he going to perform in zone? Is he going to support the puck carrier? Is he going to find seams? Is he going to make highly creative plays in the offensive zone? I haven't really seen a lot of that from him. And I think that's, you know, without the, the ample power play opportunities, I think that's a big factor in why he hasn't been able to leave his mark. So hmm. uh, it hasn't been as poor a tournament for, for Benning as perhaps Savoy, but hasn't really stood out either. Um, the one AJHL, uh, one AJHL rather defenseman that has stood out in a big way for me was Ethan Edwards. I think that he has uh, by far been the, the best Canadian defender in this tournament, Canada West and Canada East. Um, he, he, you know, he's a lightning fast skater, keeps his head up. Uh, he's involved offensively in every play, supports the puck carrier, can lead a rush, displays good hands. I mean, uh, I, I gotta say, he's really put himself on the map for me going forward, and he's somebody that I'm gonna have to scout a little more closely, I think, because 
the player I'm seeing right now in Dawson Creek is certainly somebody who could uh, factor at least into the middle rounds of the upcoming NHL draft. And I think my only qualm with Ethan Edwards' game thus far, I mean, it's, it's a high-risk game, but it's mostly been high reward. Uh, the, the one qualm I have is that the coaching staff doesn't seem to uh, think as favorably of, of his game as I do. I mean, he, I think he had two shifts through the first period last night. Uh, a little unfortunate. I'd like to see him play a bit more. I think he brings a, a dynamic to Canada's blue line, Canada West rather, that just hasn't been there otherwise. So uh, I think that he's actually been the real standout among the draft eligibles. I mean, uh, Massimo Rizzo has been doing some good things. Carolina draft pick from the seventh round last year. Ken Johnson isn't eligible for another season. He's made a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes, characteristic of a you know a draft minus one playing against. Uh, older talent in the World Junior A Challenge, but he's also had some dazzling moments of creativity too. So uh, there's no shortage of talent on Canada West. I just think they need to sharpen uh, sharpen up their play, maybe support the defenders on the breakout more, and they have a chance to do some damage here. But uh, it is going to have to come with some adjustments because what they're doing right now clearly isn't working. Well, we'll see how the uh, rest of the week uh, unfolds and how the tournament ends up. Uh, J.D., when is your next uh, ranking out that you put together for uh, EP Ringside? You know, we were thinking of doing just about three rankings this year. The plan was winter, uh, spring, and then the end of the year right before the draft. But uh, there's been quite the public outcry, and, and private, I might add. My scouts are, are chomping at the bit, too, and we're thinking <laughs> that we might start putting them out a bit more regularly. So, uh Stay tuned. That's that's all I can say for now, but uh, I'll be sure to keep you in the loop and make sure that everyone knows well in advance of when the next one drops. Awesome. Safe to say it's uh, in the new year, though, after the World Junior? At the earliest? Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be the absolute earliest, for sure. Excellent. J.D., I really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Uh, uh, get some Ricola and uh, get over this cold. Yeah, thanks, Guy. I'm, I'm going to try and find myself some Dawson Creek pho, maybe some ramen, and see if that does the trick. <laughs> Nice. Thanks for this, J.D. Anytime. You have a good one. That's J.D. Burke from EP Rinkside, Elite Prospects Rinkside, up in uh, Dawson Creek, B.C., where he's watching the World Junior A uh, Challenge. Since that conversation, we know that Canada West is out of the tournament. They lost on a Thursday evening uh, against the Czech Republic. There are two final round-robin games uh, here on Friday. One of them is in the books. Uh, pardon me, it's not over yet. It's uh, late in the second period. It's 3-1 for the United States, who have already clinched uh, first place in the round, Robin. Uh, they lead Russia right now. Canada East and the Czechs play tonight to uh, wrap up the round, Robin. And uh, the uh, rest of the tournament goes Saturday and Sunday. And then we'll know who wins this year's edition of the World Junior A Challenge. That wraps up this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. Next week, we got uh, basically about... Two weeks before the start of the uh, 2020 World Junior Championship over in in, uh, the Czech Republic. So it'll be as much of a World Junior preview as uh, we can put together. We've already talked uh, about a couple of countries, but uh, we'll go full scale next week. So uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, And the week after that, telling you right now, probably no show. That will be the week of, uh, you know, Christmas in the middle of that week, Boxing Day in the middle of that week. The 27th, the uh, Oil Kings are back in action after their uh, lengthy uh, layoff. They'll be in Red Deer. I'll be down in Red Deer doing color that night uh, for the Oil Kings. Um, So with so much going on that week, uh, there won't be a show. 
So next week there'll be a show, then a week off, and then it'll be uh, the week of New Year's. But by the end of that week, uh, it'll be the 3rd or 4th of uh, January. So should be able to put something together uh, for the first show of 2020. Until next week, why don't you get out and watch some junior or college hockey or both so that you and I can talk about it next week right here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Ski Flaming. See ya.